to the University of Spiritual Warfare. Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, where we teach you warfare. If you're not engaged in warfare, then warfare is, gay, is engaged against you. There is a war going on out there, and that war is against you. And if you're not warring back, if you're not fighting a good warfare, warring a good warfare, then you will encounter shipwreck. Bible Code 7 is a university, a teaching, a strategy, where we're teaching you how to treasure the words of Jesus. Hide them in your heart by constant declaration. The words that were sent to heal you and save you from destruction, and thereby treasuring Jesus himself, who is that word. The word of God must become our life's breath. As we breathe air, so must we breathe out or declare the word of God. Tonight, I want to begin by bringing a little awareness to you. 90 to 96% of the large media is owned by six major corporations. That's media inside the U.S. Six major corporations own 90 to 96% of large media. Now, I've told you so many times before that 1% of the world, they own 55% of the world's money and resources. 10% of the world owns 85% of the world's wealth leaving 90% to fight and kill one another over 15% of the world's wealth. I just want to bring that to your information, remind you again. And also, I found out something. I read this article about a day or two ago, and most people don't know this. And I thought it very interesting, so I want to bring it to your attention, because you see, a tremendous amount of people are being forced out their jobs by their companies, the corporations they work for. And, well, let, let me bring this to you. There are now two, almost two dozen state attorney generals who have publicly voiced their opposition to the clearly unconstitutional and illegal mandate. That was the mandate given by Joe Biden. They haven't yet filed suit against it. The office of the Indiana Attorney General confirmed to me, there is no mandate to haul into court, and that may be part of the plan. So in other words, there was the announcement of a mandate, but legally, officially, there is no mandate. Let me read on. According to several sources, so far as it appears, no such mandate has been sent to the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs yet for approval. The White House, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, and the Department of Labor haven't released any official guidance for the alleged mandate. There is no executive order. There's nothing but the press statement that he made. So a press statement was made by Joe Biden 
and nothing to back it up legally, paperwork-wise. So all it was was a press statement. And it goes on to say that despite what you may have been falsely led to believe by the media fantasy projection machine press statements, it has zero, exactly zero legal authority. I was bowled over when I read that. The state attorneys general want to take it to court, but they cannot take it to court because it's not recorded. It's not legal. It was just a press statement. And this fits the patterns. What pattern? The same pattern that we've been talking about, Klaus Schwab. World Economic Forum's founder and executive chairman. Mr. Schwab engineered what is called stakeholder capitalism. Now, stakeholder is different from shareholder. When you're a shareholder, you hold shares, all you want is just the money coming from the shares, the dividends, that's all. So you hold your shares just to want the dividend coming from it. But when you're a stakeholder, you want an in-depth way of how everything is run because you have something at stake in it. And this is the kind of capitalism Mr. Schwab instituted through the World Economic Forum. And I've told you before that Adolf Hitler, when he did his thing in Germany, World War II, Adolf Hitler used Germany as a nation to come against other nations, and one nation subduing another nation, and, and he wanted to take over nation after nation after nation and conquer all Europe, which he conquered many. But Britain was a holdout. Then when World War, really start, World War II really started, he really got into not only Britain, but he wanted to conquer Russia, and that's where he fell. So Mr. Schwab learned a lesson, and Mr. Schwab said, no, we're not going to do it by taking over nations. We're going to get the rich guys. Because you see, the Bible rule says that the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So what Mr. Schwab designed, he says, we're going to use all the rich guys and get the rich guys in every country together. And we're going to get them together, and they're going to become a stakeholder in their nation, and we're going to get every one of them together working. And throughout the entire world, we will do it, rule the world. But, of course, we know that it was under Satan's control why he said that, and he did that. And guess what? He did a great job because the business is control. And the businesses that control, the corporations that control, are now become the enforcers to the rules and the regulations. They begin to enforce the rules. So here, uh, the president made a mandate, no legal regulation, no re legal or no legality to it, but who is enforcing it? Who's running with it? The businesses, the corporations hospitals. And now the city of New York said, no, you cannot come into a place in a restaurant. You can't go, to go in, a, in a crowded area without that pass. This is what's going on. This is stakeholder capitalism. 
And we're seeing that the businesses are used to enforce rules and regulations, just as Mr. Schwab engineered. And all this is called the agenda. I hope you know that. Agenda 2021. So it is not law, and it's not lawful, but the businesses, corporations, took it, and they ran with it. Uh, why? Because it is the agenda. So now, let us begin where we left off last week. I want you to get a pen, a paper, get your Bibles, but I want you to have a pen, a paper. I know many people use a tablet, you use your smartphone, get your Bible on it, but I want you to write some things down because I want to leave a seed in your brain. So if you get a pen and paper, let me talk a few minutes so you can go get one. It is important that we know what's going on biblically. And it's important that we know what is going to go on, what the future holds biblically. Everything is in the Bible. The Lord Jesus did not leave us blindfolded or blindsided. The Lord Jesus did not leave us lacking information. The information is here in the Bible. It's just a matter of getting the information from the Bible, getting the information out to the people. Now, many people don't have the time to study their Bible. That's why he got me on lockdown. So, what we want to release to you today is Revelation 17, verse 6. Write down Revelation 17, 6. And write down Revelation 18, 4. Now, I want you to write those down. When I'm done tonight, I want you to go pull it up, write it out on a piece of paper, and I want to put you to put it on your bathroom mirror. Because I want something to enter your mind. I want it to go in your spirit. I want you to know what the, the, what the, the, what the future holds. Revelation 17.6 says, And I saw the woman, and the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. Who are the saints? Saints are the New Testament reference to the Christians. The New Testament Christians, those who are believers in Jesus Christ, are called saints. They are perfected in Jesus Christ. Their sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus, and they have no sins. They're called saints. So the woman was drunken with the blood of the, blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Who are the martyrs? Those who have been killed for their testimony of Jesus Christ. They have been killed. And when I saw her, John said, I wondered with great admiration. That's what the King James says. But he wondered with great astonishment, amazement. Revelation 18, verse 4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. Come out of this woman. That you be not partakers of her sins, number one. And that you do not receive any of her plagues. So set yourself to what? Come out. Don't be partakers of her sins in any way, shape, or form. And make sure that you leave, make sure you come out, that you do not receive of her plagues. 
So now, what we want to do is we want to get back to Revelation 17, where we were last week. I want to do a quick rehash of what we were, what we talked about. Revelation 17, and it talks about he was carried, uh, John was carried away in the spirit, verse 3, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman. This woman that I saw sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, depicting royalty, full of names of blasphemy. And this beast had seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads, ten horns. Last week we determined that the seven heads were the seven seas, seven continents of the earth, Ten horns were the ten powers. The United Nations has uh, divided the whole world into ten regions. Go and look it up in your search engine. Ten regions. The United Nations, ten regions of the world. Give you homework. So here we have ten he seven heads, ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple, scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Royalty. She sits as a queen. Very wealthy queen. But she had a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So what she had in her ha hand was a cup drinking from it. And inside that cup was every abominable thing. In other words, what she was doing and drinking was an abomination to God. Filthy. Evil. The things that God despised and detests. And that was what she was drinking. Verse 5, Revelation 17. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and abomination of the earth. So here we had her identification tag. She was labeled. Who labeled her? Well, John the Revelator saw the vision. So the Holy Spirit labeled this woman and told John this was who and what this woman is. This woman is what? Mystery. Babylon. Now, remember, John the Revelator was in Israel. Matter of fact, he was on the Isle of Patmos, to be exact, okay? He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled. God made John the Revelator the only living disciple. Out of the 12, he was the only one that was not martyred. He was exiled to Patmos. God had him on lockdown. He had plenty of parchment, and he had the olive oil and the charcoal ground up, and he could write. And then he wrote the book of Revelation, as, as well as the book of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, as well as John, the Gospel of John. So here we have John on a special assignment. And now he's on the Isle of Patmos, and he's writing this, and he sees this woman, and this woman had her label on her forehead. So in other words, he could not mistake who this woman is. And of course, you see verse 6, I saw the woman. That same woman, drunk with the blood of the saints, the Christians, the New Testament Christians, and with the blood of the martyrs, those who were killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. When John saw her, he wondered with great, the King James says, 
admiration. Other versions said amazement, astonishment. He was astonished. He was amazed because he didn't know what he was seeing. And he didn't realize. All he did was write. He was obedient in writing, but he didn't understand. So he continued to write. And we go down. We want to know who this woman was. So we went down. We talked about it last week. You can pull it up on YouTube. Spiritual University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7. And we saw that in verse 18, last verse of Revelation 17, the woman which you saw is that great city. Stop right there. So the woman was not a woman, but the woman was symbolized as a city, or the city was symbolized as a woman. Why a woman? Because this woman was symbolized as a harlot, a prostitute. She was a mother, meaning she bore children. She reproduced herself. So spiritually, when you're seeing things of this nature, you will see something, but you've got to understand the spiritual ramifications of what you see. For example, if you have a vision and you see something of a woman, a woman is not just a woman, or a man is not just a man. You've got to understand that inside of what you see, the Bible tells you certain things, because a woman is a mother. She's a producer. Not only is she producer, she has children, she births children, but she gestates. She receives seed and she, and she uh, holds the seed and gestates the seed. The seed grows in her. So it's not just a matter of uh, uh, physical, it could be something spiritual. But this woman was a great city, and the city was referenced as a woman, an abominable city. And this city had something very special to it, something very dynamic and special about it. This city reigns consistently over the kings, plural, of the earth. We asked ourselves the question, which city on earth is it that reigns, rules over kings of the earth? Kings meaning presidents and prime ministers and the big boys, the big dogs, the billionaires, and all the wealthy people. Which city on the face of the earth rules over the presidents, the prime ministers, the millionaires, the trillionaires? and the whole earth. Which city has tentacles? That's the right word. Tentacles that reaches over the entire globe. Is it Beijing, China? Absolutely not. Is it Moscow, Russia? No, it's not. Somebody, and I've read and I bought, took my money and I wasted my money several years ago and they said it was the Vatican. Why? Because the Vatican sits in seven hills. And when I when I really got the answer, I said, oh, my God, they deceived me. I wasted my money. But we'll forgive them. Maybe they didn't know. They never thought about it. But uh, when you check out the city, there's only one city that rules over the nation. And the first revelation that God, that God gave me, United Nations. United Nations. When he gave me the revelation, he told me United Nations. The United Nations rules over every nation on the face of the earth. Matter of fact, Agenda 2021 was, was brought about in 1992 in Rio de Janeiro. And they decided what they're going to do, and it's going to begin in 
2021, that they're going to have a 10-year master plan, bring the whole world under their subjection, under their domination. And 178 nations signed on in 1992. Where is the United Nations located? New York City. The piece of ground that it's on is sovereign territory. They're not run by the rules and the edicts of New York. No, they're sovereign. They have their own rules and regulations. Anything that is confined to the UN and the office buildings that, they, that have additional or apart from the building is sovereign territory. No, anything of New York can come there and tell them what to do. Just to show you something, a couple, uh, uh, couple of years ago, uh, the president of Iran, they had a big UN meeting, and all the heads of states were there, and the president of Iran, and they were saying, we don't want the president of Iran to come and talk to the United Nations. And guess what? The president of Iran came and they talked. No one can stop him. His plane had to land at JFK. Security had to be given to him. They had to be transported from JFK. He, of course, he had his security team along with Secret Service. They had to watch over him. They had to be there. And when he goes to a hotel, he has to be in a secure place. Why? Sovereign territory. The city of New York, through the UN, rules over every nation. So the rules of the UN bumps all of what happens in, in New York and even in America. So America didn't want him, but they had to have him. Period. Because the United Nations, their rules, their regulations, and all of their policies and procedures bumps and take precedence over, above any singular nation. The number one, the UN, is there in that city. Number two, money. Woo! Wall Street, gobs and gobs of money. Billions and billions and trillions of dollars. Twenty three trillion dollar economy that's the economy of the united states of america largest economy in the world guess what everything is driven traded stocks companies corporations where wall street so the money reaches every little nook and cr cr uh, cranny in the world these little islands faraway places and they, they receive tourism. How do people get there? Airlines. Airlines. Cruise ships. Where are the cruise ship stocks and the airline stocks traded? Wall Street. Okay? What about the little boats that these people have where they have to come and buy a little boat uh, other than a dugout canoe? Where do they get these boats from? Where do they get these engines from? All that's traded on Wall Street. That's the heart of the money. The tentacles of, of Wall Street, the octopus of Wall Street, touches almost every nation. The Wall Street is Wall Street. It reaches across every nation of the world. Commodities from small nations, nations in Africa, diamonds, gold, tin, copper, you name it, is traded on Wall Street. Money. Where is Wall Street? New York City. And by the way, New York City is part of America, which is called Babylon. So even though they call the city, city Babylon, it, the entire U.S., the Bible is referring to it as Babylon.
you need to get my last book, Escaping the New World Order, One World Babylon, through Bible Code 7. So here we have not only the United Nations, Wall Street, but there is something in, in New York City. And this symbol is there, and the, the Bible hones in on it. And it talks about this woman. And why did he say a woman? That woman is a woman. Well, actually not a real woman, but that woman is in New York. She has a name called Lady Liberty, Statue of Liberty. That woman. But the Statue of Liberty, which has seven spikes, and the light is, uh, is, is lighted all the time, is a statue of a goddess. And I like the name Ishtar. Even though she had many, many other names. Libertas. Yeah, the name Libertas. They call Columbia, Isis, uh, Aphrodite, uh, Diana. Throughout history, we can see all the biblical names. Goddess of sex, love, and fertility. Ishtar. That was the name. But they couldn't call it the name and give it. It was given to America by France. The sculptor was a guy named Auguste Bertholdi. Auguste or Auguste Bertholdi. And he sculpted and gave that goddess figure. Huge goddess figure where you can go inside and climb up into the very top, into the very head of the Statue of Liberty. And he gave that to America. That's a symbol, a symbol of freedom, liberty. But it was not just a symbol of people yearning to be free from tyranny and, 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 and all kind of bondage. It was a symbol of sexual freedom, sexual liberty. So it had a dual meaning. People wanted to be free from tyranny, communism, and all the other isms that you have in the world, you know? So that was a symbol, but it symbolized sexual freedom. It symbolized a, a, a promiscuity. And it's, there's no wonder that in the 60s, the hippie movement, free love movement, broke out in America. Because this goddess was there, and eventually it was released. The restraints, the shackles were taken off. And there was this free love movement, the hippie movement. And I remember the hippie days. I wasn't a hippie, but I remember those days. I remember these guys, they'd be stoned out of their minds, smoking ganja, weed. They'd go to Woodstock, and they'd go all over. And boy, let me tell you something, the stories they came back and told you. It was one big orgy. Horrible place. But this was what was going on. It was turned loose at that time. And when you saw Woodstock and you see or uh, hear about what, what went on in that time, the Beatles were really ripping at that time. What was that? That was the goddess Ishtar turned loose upon America. All the demons, sex, and free love, everything was turned loose. And this is what happened. So here we have three major, 
major, major things about that city that rules over the kings of the earth. And by the way, when it comes to America, there's no other nation. The picture shows, the movie theaters started in America, Hollywood. And when it came from Hollywood, all those films were not only cowboy films, as I talked about last week. And I used to love John Wayne and all those cowboy movies. I used to love watching that stuff. But there were some dirty movies coming true. I didn't, saw, I didn't see anything of that stuff because, you see, I was a young boy. couldn't go on that stuff. You had to be chaperone. But filth come out of Hollywood. The greatest pornography uh, and dirty movies come from Hollywood. Where does it go? All over the world. So America is the supplier of all those dirty movies, the sexual revolution, because of this goddess that was turned loose, Ishtar turned loose in America. And even now, pornography, America, the Internet was, inter it was invented through America. Now, I'm not saying America was, is, is the only place where you get triple uh, uh, X rated videos, pornographic uh, content on the Internet. No. Most of the Internet, up to the, what, 55 60% from my research is pornography. But most of it comes out of America. So here we see the Bible tells us this is what's going to happen. And how long ago was John, John's revelation? Well, over 2,000 years ago. Okay? So this, you're looking, God looked down the annals of time, and he saw what would happen. And he told us what would happen. So these are the things I want to go back over from last week. And I want to go right over into Revelation 18. I want to get to something here, and I want you to get that burned in your brain. Revelation 18, after these things, I saw another angel, and he came down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he, the angel, cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. Wait a minute. Is he stuttering? Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. Why didn't he say it one time? Well, let me teach you something here. Whenever you see something said twice, it means the thing is established and it must and will come to pass. Because this is the Lord speaking. We don't doubt him. Let me hear what, let me, let me, let me say that again. We don't doubt him. Anything he says is going to happen. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Now who is Babylon? That great city that rules over the nations of the earth and not just the great city, but the nation of Babylon is going to fall. That's what he's saying here. And he said the whole nation is going to become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Unclean birds and hateful birds. What does that mean? It means carcasses, crows, carrion eaters, dead flesh eaters. It's going to be all over in Babylon devouring flesh. Habitation of devils. It's going to be a demonic place. And please, don't, don't look at this and say, oh, well, it's just, you know. No, when God says it's going to be a common dwelling place of devils, 
and the hold of every foul spirit. It means the place is going to be damned haunted, okay? They've got places right now, even in Miami, you can go to Halloween haunted house. They've got places in America where you can go where they have a triple haunted house, where people go and they think they're having fun. And they go in these places and they're scared. They have all kind of things to scare them. And they ah, ah. well, they know it's make-believe, but God says the real deal is coming. Because this is what's going to happen to Babylon. This is what's going to happen to America. It's going to become the habitation of devils, plural, demons, and the whole of every foul, unclean devil spirit. Why? Because God says, I'm going to make sure that's going to be like a hell on earth. Nobody's going to live there. Then he goes on, the third verse, he says, All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The cup of abomination of America that the woman had. He said, All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Did you hear what he said, All nations? Again, the United Nations, through the UN. Again. Through what? Wall Street. You don't do what we tell you, we'll pull out our money and pull out our companies from here. You better do what we tell you. Then the weight of America. By the way, just in case you didn't know it, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. There's a special envoy inside the State Department's office that was created recently when this new administration came in. And that office is an office, our envoy, it's a special position given for one reason and one reason only, to promote and make sure LGBTQ is enforced. So here we have the word of God saying, the nations have drunk from that cup the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. In other words, most of the world is sending goods to America. Do you see the backup of container ships coming to America? They cannot unload the amount of container ships. Sixty huge ships sitting off the coast of California, Long Beach and Los Angeles, the two main ports. They can't unload. Off of New York, ships are sitting outside. What does that tell you? The merchants of the earth got rich through the abundance of America's delicacies. And when you go in a dollar store and see all that garbage they're selling, cheap garbage, where does it come from? China. Their sons did here because they know the people here buy that stuff. They're made rich because America buys junk. The Americans are buying junk. So here we have the Bible telling you, explaining to you all that stuff, the abundance of her delicacies. We're not just buying stuff you need. You buy stuff that's wasteful, junk, throwaway stuff. Use it once and, or twice, it breaks. Throw it away, get another one. Verse 4, and I want you to write this down. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, Babylon, my people. Let me stop right here. Christians, people who belong to Jesus Christ, God is saying, and I don't hear nobody preaching this, 
God is saying, come out of Babylon. Leave the USA. Now, God didn't tell me to leave now. I know at one point he's going to say leave. But right now, as I'm teaching, I'm believing that this is the time. I've got to get people warned. That's why I ask you to get in your spirit. Because you see, no one can tell you what to do. But I believe the handwriting is on the wall. I believe the screws are being tightened. All what we see going on right now with New York City, people are being fired. What do you think that is? God has to unfeather people's nests because God says, I want you out of the city. I want you out of California. I was reading an article in San Francisco how they're closing the Walmarts because the people are just walking in and walking out with the goods. So they're closing the Walmarts. No, not Walmarts, the Walgreens. And I'm seeing how people are leaving certain cities. Why do you think that's happening? God is telling his people, get out. He's unfeathering their nest because you see if things are good and you become, uh, life is good and things are great, guess what? We root ourselves in there. Well, I can't leave my job. I'm making too much money in this place. But guess what? When you lose the job, you're going to look for greener pastures. So you'll, you'll leave and go somewhere else. So this is what's going to happen. God's saying, come out, my people. And you'll hear me say at the end of this uh, teaching tonight what God is going to do. You're going to make a, 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 a speech, a heart speech. Why, why am I going to sit here till, till I die? I need to leave now. And he says, come out, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. Lot was in Sodom even though he was not a partaker of Sodom's sins, because the Bible tells us that that righteous man, it's written in the book of Hebrew, that righteous man, Lot's souls, was vexed by what he saw and what he heard in Sodom. He was constantly vexed. And By the way, let me ask you the question. Are you vexed by what you see going on on your television set, what's going on in people? The sodomy, the lesbianism, the LGBTQ agenda, how they want to take your kids and pervert and corrupt them. I'm vexed. I'm releasing the word of God almost every night against them. Okay? So don't be partakers of her sins, number one, and that you do not receive of her plagues. Ooh. (laughs) That you do not receive of her what? Plagues. Plagues, plagues. So what is God saying? Plagues are coming. God is saying, get out. Because you might receive some of the plagues that comes. Uh, What we see going on right now with this virus, this manufactured virus, which actually is a parasite, not a virus, was found out to be a parasite. Uh Uh, Let me tell you something. There's more coming, more on the way. This is just phase one. Okay? Notice the plural, plagues. And Jesus told us in Matthew 24, pestilences. Famines and pestilences. So right after one comes the other. And I've revealed in my last book what the Lord has revealed to me. And I did reveal on the briefing also what the Lord revealed to me. So we're just at the tip of the chaos. And here's verse 5. 
Revelation 18, her sins have reached unto heaven, and God had remembered her iniquities. Now, God doesn't act hastily. But God says when the cup of iniquity is full, like he talked about the Amorites, the cup of iniquity, the cup of wickedness was not yet full. So when people wanted God, well, why don't you do something about it? Oh, God, why didn't you? So God said, no, no, no. Comes a tipping point, a threshold, and I write about that. God doesn't act hastily. He waits for a certain threshold to be reached. With the scales, the balances are tipped. Remember that I taught you, you've been weighed in the balances like first Babylon, you're found wanting, you're found lacking. But when the balances are tipped, and the scales are tipped, and the wickedness outweighs the mercy that he has extended, God is going to act, and this is what he says. This is what his word is saying here. Her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. The threshold has been reached. Mm -hmm. And he says, reward her even as she has rewarded you. And double unto her double according to her works. And the cup which she had filled, she had filled, filled to her double. In other words, she's going to get a double portion. Wickedness is going to be heaped on her double. This is what God says. How much she had glorified herself, lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she said in her heart, I sit a queen, and I am no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. By the way, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, well over about 4,000 years ago, three, 4,000 years ago, he saw that, and he wrote about that in Isaiah 47. Mm -hmm. Wrote about it again in Isaiah 13. Talk about Babylon. And how when God destroys Babylon, it's going to be like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah. So all these things are foreseen, foreknown, and prophesied. So please, when people tell you that America is not prophesied in the Bible, that's not true. America? Mm -mm. America was prophesied in the Bible. And America, was a, the Bible tells us, was a golden cup in the hands of God. Jeremiah 50. And Jeremiah 51. And God says, we tried to heal America, but she wouldn't be healed. We're going to come, back, come with that next week. And by the way, that's in my last book. Wrote about that. Gave the revelation, gave the word of God, and showed you exactly what he's talking about. And by the way, when we started out, we talked about America. Jeremiah 50 and 23. The hammer of the whole earth. Which nation hammers the whole earth? Russia, yeah. the whole earth, think again. China, hammers the whole earth, no. America, Eight, over 800 military bases all over the world. Again, America controls every nation on the face of the earth through the UN being there, through Wall Street, and of course through what? Lady Liberty. Ishtar. We'll see the multitude of her fornications. We'll see that again because I'm going to point it out from the scripture to you. So, 
God says, she sits like a queen, says, I'm not going to see no sorrow. I am no widow. I will have lovers all over, and I will see no sorrow. Nothing is going to happen to me. That's what she said. Verse 8 says, therefore, her plagues come in one day. And in that day, death, mourning, famine, she shall be utterly burned with fire. As strong is the Lord who judgeth her. Wow. In one day. Another scripture says, Babylon will be destroyed suddenly. In one day. Death, mourning, famine. She shall be utterly burned with fire. Strong is the Lord who judges her. In one day. This is not going. I've read. I've I've heard a very good uh, speaker, and he talked about America, and he said America would be destroyed by an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, and in the process of ninety days, so many people will die. Ninety days, three months, and I listened to that, and I said, this guy is making a lot of money because he's telling people what's going to happen, and so many people are buying his his stuff, and they're buying that, but. What does the Word of God say? We have to go by what the Word says. We cannot go by what you believe. The Bible says here, Revelation 18.8, her plagues shall come in one day. One day. Death, mourning, famine, utterly burned with fire. Strong is the Lord God who judges her. One day. It's not going to be over no 90-day period. It's going to be sudden, and it's going to be one day, just as the Word said. The Word is here. No one can refute the Word. You can try to back off of it. That's all right. Don't have to agree with me, but that's okay. But this is the Word. And we have ascertained who this woman is, who this Babylon is, what she has done, and what the Word of God says he's going to do to her. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. It's said twice. Thing has been established, and it must and will come to pass. The kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Why will they lament? No more money. They'll be standing afar off for their fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour, here we have it again, one hour is thy judgment come. But please don't tell me about 90 days. You didn't read the Bible. You're telling me something off of the top of your head. You're giving me conjecture. The Bible cannot be wrong. The city that reigns over the kings, the rulers, the billionaires of the earth is going to be destroyed in one day. And we were, last week, we, uh, God gave us a, a bird's eye view of how these ten nations are going to hate this war. God says, I'm going to put it in their hearts to hate her and what? Burn her with fire. 
Did you hear what I'm saying? We went through that last week in Revelation 17. So when you come to the Word of God, God's Word is truth. We just have to get in there. And when you see, because you see, one of the things I, 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 I've been doing Revelation for years. I'm 2000, let me see. No, 2002, I started 2003. No, about two or three years back. I'd say about 2000. I've been teaching Revelation. Huh? What I knew, I didn't know. What I know now, I didn't know then. I've been going this thing over and over and over and over and asking the Lord, how does this thing fit together? And over the years, he has put the pieces together. He has given me the revelation knowledge. And here you come to the 11th verse of Revelation 18, and he says, the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. No man buys their merchandise anymore. So when the largest economy in the world is gone, Guess what's, what's going to happen to the entire globe? A super-duper-duper depression. Nobody to purchase their goods. Well, we don't want any more cruise No more cruise ships are going to come because uh, Babylon is gone. No more planes are going to come because Babylon is destroyed. They won't need any more diamonds. They won't need any more gold. They won't need any more this, trinkets and baubles. They won't need any more of that stuff from China, you know, all that cheap stuff. The merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her. Their money is shut. Nobody is going to buy their goods. A super depression is going to take the entire globe. All that will be needed is hunker down. All you're going to need is food and water. <laughs> that would be primitive living for many people. But the world will go on. The world will go on. Things are going to go on. Mm -mm, the sky didn't fall. And then he goes on and he lists on the 12th verse the merchandise, gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, thyine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, iron, Marble, cinnamon, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, beasts, sheep, horses, chariots, slaves. Remember back in the 1600s, they used to trade slaves, okay? Yes, Babylon traded slaves and the souls of men. Mm -hmm. Men's souls. By the way, Many people in Hollywood just say they can get fame in the movies and the music. They make deals with the devil. So don't tell the Bible that they're sold of men and not traded or sold. It's done here in America, commonplace. There's one famous singer, I won't tell you her name, but she told everyone I made a deal with the devil. My career was going nowhere, so I made a deal with Satan. Rihanna, I can tell you about her. She said, if you pray to say, if you've been praying to Jesus and you ain't get no answer, you no success, uh, try praying to the devil. He'll give you success, and you can go you go to your search engine and search that one. So a lot of them they sold your souls to the devil. 
So the souls of men were what? Traded. So don't mess with the Bible. The Bible is real and the Bible is true. Verse 13, it says, The fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you. All things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. They're broke now. And by the way, as I was preparing, the Lord showed me America. You know how it is when you have uh, open invoices. Somebody owes you money and they say in 30 days we pay you and you give them a goods expecting pay in 30 days or 90 days or 45 days. Uh, millions of dollars. So you, they have your goods and you're going to get paid in three months, 45 days, 30 days. They might have 10 million, 20 million for you. And you said, yeah, no problem. Their credit is good. Well, guess what? Boom! You're out $20 million, buddy. You'll never get paid. It's destroyed. So they'll be what? Weeping. They'll be what? Wailing. That's the picture I want to paint for you. All the merchants, the nations that sold goods to America, they'll be weeping. They'll be wailing. They'll shut down their factories. They'll turn away their workers. Why? No more money. Alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. In one hour, verse 17 again, in one hour so great riches has come to nothing. Every shipmaster and all the company of ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. Listen to me carefully. The Bible stipulates in one hour people don't have time to do nothing in one hour boom total destruction what does that mean better listen to the voice of god he says run run flee to the mountain get up and go when he tells you what is he doing again the handwriting is on the wall the nest is being pulled up the feathering, the soft cushioning is coming out of the nest. And I'm going to teach you again uh, when we get into more scripture. And by the way, all this is in my last book. What God is going to do. The people who reap the fields won't come. They're going to plow under all the stuff they planted. The planters and the reapers won't come. They'll stay away. Which means what? Famine. So God is telling people, don't come here. I'm going to destroy the place. One hour, it's going to be destroyed. And they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, alas, that great city, wherein was, were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness by reason of her great wealth. For in one hour is she made waste, desolate. One hour. But in spite of the destruction, the merchants are weeping and they're wailing. There is a situation here because there's a bunch of people who are doing what? Rejoicing and dancing. 
Let's look at verse 20, Revelation 18. The word comes, it says, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, the Christians, the people of God. I want you to write down verse 20 also, Revelation 18, 20. Rejoice over her. Sing, dance, praise the Lord over her, you heaven. And you holy apostles and prophets, God hath avenged you on her. Now, it shows just what the Bible says. She was drunk with the blood of the saints and of the martyrs of Jesus. God took vengeance and God destroyed her in one hour. Now he tells all heaven, rejoice. I have avenged you. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. And I have avenged you. All you holy apostles and prophets. Time for singing and dancing. How many people remember Moses? The people of Israel. They were on the other side of the Red Sea. Pharaoh. Moses lifted up the rod and the sea came together. And all of Pharaoh and all his bad boys were drowned. What did they do? Miriam grabbed the girls and said, come on, girls. They get the tambourine, and they started to beat those tambourines. And they began to dance like they, they danced their heels off. The men began to dance. Everybody began to dance. Why? The enemies that you see today, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them again no more and forever. God said, now to all in heaven, the souls of them. Remember the souls are under the altar, Revelation 6, the fifth seal. He lifted up the altar and he saw the souls and the souls were saying, How long, O Lord God, most holy and true, how long before you avenge our blood upon them on the earth who shed our blood and killed us? God said, Just chill out. Give them white robes and said, Chill out. Take it easy. Until all those be killed just as you were killed. All your brothers and your sisters will be killed. And Babylon killed them. The blood of the martyrs, of the saints, the martyrs of Jesus was shed in Babylon. God says, now it's time for revenge. God told all the other people alive, he says, come out of her. Don't partake in her sins. and Don't be partaking in her plagues. And her plagues came in one hour. When the hour was coming, she was completely destroyed. The merchants and all those who had shipped and depended on her money was wailing and weeping and mourning. The bankrupt, depression. But God says in heaven, rejoice over her. Rejoice over her. I have avenged you on her. And the mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. It will be destroyed. Let me go to the end because I want to show you something here. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. No craftsman, whatever craft he be, shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Millstone grinding, industry, businesses, manufacturing, craftsmen, skills of laborers, 
and skilled up people, all type of manufacturing also. But look at the voice of harpers, musicians, and pipers, and trumpeters. What is that symbolic of? When we talk about all those musicians and pipers and trumpeters, there's a place called Broadway. Broadway plays, Radio City Music Hall, the Rockettes. We used to go see the Rockettes. My God. I am telling you, New York was a place that 24 hours, music, and all the musicians and harpers and all that. This describes the city, the capital. This describes it to a T. And look at verse 23. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you. What light was that? What light that's always shining? Not just the city, but the Statue of Liberty. Always shining. The ray of light in the head and the crown with the seven rays are the seven spikes. The light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you. The voice of the bridegroom of the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. And look at that. For by your sorceries were all nations deceived. What does that tell you? Tell you that this was a sorcery working city. The city worked sorceries. They worked evil magic, witchcraft. Is that what the Bible says right here? 23? Your merchants were the great men of the earth. More billionaires on Wall Street, more billionaires in America than anywhere else on the earth. For by your sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found, last word, 24, write it down again, put it on your paper. In her was found the blood of prophets. They shed the prophets' blood, the saints' blood, and all that were slain upon the earth. So not only the prophets of uh, prophets and of the saints, but the people that were killed upon the earth. You're responsible for them. Please, this is the word of God. And who is he talking to? Who is John talking to? Talking to Babylon. We have ascertained who Babylon is. In Babylon, in her, was found blood of prophets, blood of the saints, and all that were slain upon the earth. All the people that were slain, killed upon the earth, found in Babylon, root cause of it. Now listen, I didn't write the Bible. I just teach it. I just teach it. So here what we have, we have the word of God. I want you to devour this word. I want you to go back and I want you to look at it. Because you see, everybody has a speech in the heart. And I want you to understand that a heart speech is needed by you. You've got to start saying something to yourself. And let me teach you this, and we're going to close out with this, the speech of the hearts. Isaiah 14, Satan has spoken in his heart the five I wills. Isaiah 14, 13 says, Satan, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Did you see that? Isaiah 14, 13, if you turn your Bibles right there. Satan, you have said in your heart. So even the devil, 
speaks in his heart. He says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend. I will rise above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Mm. That's what Satan said in his heart. What are you saying in your heart? Do you have kingdom speech in your heart? Do you have the word of God in your heart? Well, if you don't, that's what Bible Code 7 is all about. For you to have in your heart kingdom speech by having what? Kingdom word, the word of God. Psalm 118, we talk about University of Spiritual Warfare. Verse 10, the speech is, all nations encircled me, they compassed me about. But in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about, yes, they compassed me about, they encircled me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compassed me about. They circled me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Are these words in your heart, by the way? Is this your thoughts? Hmm? Well, get it in your heart. Because that's what Code 7 is all about. Verse 13, he says, you have thrust, you have pushed me hard to make me fall. But the Lord helped me. Why did the Lord help me? And how did the Lord help me? Because the Lord watches over his word to help me. He responds to his word. And I want to give you two more scriptures. David spoke in his heart when he saw some things were going and he saw things are not going too well. And it's taken from 1 Samuel 10, 27. 1 Samuel 27. 1 Samuel 27. Two more scriptures and we close. 1 Samuel 27, verse 1. David said in his heart, I'll now perish one day by the hand of Saul. In other words, Saul is going to kill me. There's nothing better for me that I should, that I should speedily escape. There's nothing better for me to do, but I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me. He'll get tired of me to seek me anymore in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. But David reached a point where he said, you know what? It's best if I leave and go over into the land of the Philistines. We cross over from Israel and go over into Philistine territory. And David arose and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Maok, the king of Gath. Remember Goliath was of Gath? Philistine territory, and he left Israel, and he went to another nation. He says, I'm a chill out over there. 
That's what he said in his heart. Why? Because if I stay here, Saul is going to kill me. If I leave here, I'm going to spare my life. Let's go to 2 Kings 7. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. And it says, There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. They said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Why are we sitting here? We're going to die here. Why are we staying here? We're going to die here. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. We shall die there. And if we sit here, we'll die here. So come. Come. Let us fall into the hands of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we'll live. If they kill us, we'll die. But why sit here until we die? What do you mean by this, Bishop? We are going to have to make a decision based upon what the scripture says. Now, no one can make a decision for you, and you can't make one for me. The Lord didn't tell me make a move. I don't make moves without the Lord telling me. But I'm teaching you something to prepare you, show you what is up ahead. And you must understand by the handwriting on the wall, give me a few more minutes, that this thing is getting serious. As I revealed to you, there was no law made from the office of the president regarding this mandate. And this mandate is being enforced, run with, by the major corporations. Being run with by who? The major corporations. 24 Attorneys, generals of different states, they want to sue somebody. They want to take this thing to court. They say it's unconstitutional, it's illegal, it's not right. They want to go to court with it. But guess what? They can't do a thing. They cannot do a thing. Why? <laughs> there is nothing in the law. There is nothing recorded. There's nothing legal about it. But, but the president made the statement, you've got to have a mandate, you've got to have it. Why? It was just a press conference and a, just a press statement, but there is no legality to it. I blew my socks off when I read that. I was sitting down, thank God, because if I was sitting down, I would have fainted. But I was sitting down, and I... I said, do you mean to tell me that so many people are losing their jobs? So many people are being threatened because of this? The livelihoods of so many people are going to be just cut right off? And then the Lord began to speak to me and tell me he's, he's pulling up the feathering. He is unfeathering the nest. And he said, teach them, show them my word. Because you see, we sit comfortably. Roots grow out from under our feet. You're in that job. We're comfortable in that job. We love the money. You're in that company. We love where we are. We don't want to move. We don't want to 
change. But God says, I've got to get you out of that city. I've got to get you out of that job. I've got to get you out of that place. And eventually, God is saying, I am going to have to get you out of that country. This is the word of God. This is not Norman's words. This is Jesus' word. And if you're just listening, I want you to listen in, 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 in its entirety. Because I taught last week. And if you don't have last week's teaching, go to YouTube, University of Spiritual Warfare. Get it. You can go on tomorrow. Tell your friends, go on tomorrow. They'll get tonight's teaching on YouTube. Get it. This is just to tell you what's up ahead. This is to tell you where we are. This is to tell you who Babylon is and what Babylon is going to do. And it's in my last book. And I'm going to urge you, get a couple of those books. Share them with your friends. Share them with your family. Give them as gifts, early Christmas gifts. People need to know this stuff. This is what the Lord has downloaded upon me. And this is not just a few uh, years. Of, this is from over the year 2000. I've been hanging on some stuff from 2000, pondering with God and fighting with God. And God told me, yes, it is what I tell you. And when he, I, I resolved to start writing, 2017, I remember the date. He says, now you get up and write. I was mandated. I was commanded. I wasn't inspired. I was commanded. The morning I was told, get up and go start writing. And I just got up and I obeyed. And I'm still writing. And God is still making revelations. And what he reveals, I've got to reveal to you. I've got to tell you. Because God doesn't want you in the dark. The Bible Code 7 is to show you how to endure. And one of the key things is to show you clear the spiritual debris that's in the atmosphere. All the things that come to cloud the atmosphere and cause all kind of contamination. Clear all that away so you can get a clear channel, a clear fix on the words of God. You can hear from him. You can communicate with him. Back in the old days, they had a, radios had a knob on it, and you had to turn the knob to get the channel or get the radio station. And if you were off a little bit, you'd hear squeaking and squelching. Now everything is digital, but you'd have to turn it a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, until you get a lock-in on that channel. Then you'd hear clearly. Well, Bible Code 7 is to give you a clear fix, a clear understanding of the word of God because when you begin to release the word of God the Bible says a fire goes before him and burns up destroys every enemy round about him you will burn up and destroy all the chaff and all the debris around you so you can hear from God your communication to God will be clear crisp and concise why because it will be daddy's words when daddy hears his word you respond to his word. So I'm going to urge you, go to BibleCode7.com, Amazon, Barnes Nobles, get a download, iBooks, eBooks, Kindle, but you need that book because you need to see this information. And now, 
you're going to hear, or now you're hearing rather, exactly what the future holds and how everything is put together. I am excited because guess what? I'm seeing what I never thought I would see. I'm not afraid of the time. No, absolutely not. I am excited. And I'm so glad to be a part of the kingdom of God. For such a time of this, as this, the Lord has brought me into the kingdom and he has given me so much. I am humbled that he has made so much revelation to me. When I bring this revelation to you, let me tell you something. I am honored. I'm privileged. I'm humbled. I don't deserve it. Old atheist boy, I just don't deserve it. Don't. But to know what the Lord has done for me, he has forgiven all my sins, and he has made me who I am and what I am. I love him. Plain and simple, I love him. I love Jesus. And if you're not saved, you're a backslider. You don't know Jesus as Lord, Savior. You don't know about the love of Jesus. I'm going to urge you tonight, just tell Jesus, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I'm not going to do life my way anymore. I'm going to do it your way. Just tell him straight up. I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I did it my way. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it your way, Jesus. From now on, your way. You come in, come on board, take control. Jesus will save you. No highfalutin, biblical stuff. No, no, no. Just tell him straight up, like I did, I'm done. I surrender. I give up. I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I'm going to do it your way, Lord. And he saved me. I want you saved. I want the best for you. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I want success for you. I want victory for you. I would better must come to you. I want the preservation and the protection of your little ones your baby children. I want to see your little girls grow up, get married, like mommy and daddy have children of their own. I want to see your sons grow up, get married to a woman, hmm? have children, start a family, just like all these traditional families. Huh? I don't, I don't go for these new fa families where they have two mommies and two dads. No, 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 no. That's not biblical. We want what God wants. Simple. And this is what Bible Code 7 is all about. So, BibleCode7.com. Get a copy. And tonight, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now until Jesus comes. Have your